0: The content discussed in the Left Behind series, and therefore this podcast, includes emotional trauma, human suffering, extreme violence, gore, as well as hurtful caricatures and stereotypes of marginalized groups, and is in no way reflective of the host's personal views or beliefs. But we beat out the cuss words in case you want to listen in front of your mom. Left Behind is a multimedia franchise that started with a series of 16 best selling religious novels by Tim LaHaye and Jerry BJ by Tim LaHaye.
1: The future has come to pass.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of I Survived the Rapture, we're that podcast that slogs our way through the Left Behind novel series, so you don't have to. I'm your lapsed evangelical, Shane Bazell, And I'm your ecumenical fanboy, Gavin Russell. I went a little weird with the intro there, that, was, that felt funny. I guess it was a second take. <laughs> I, I... Dude,
1: (laughs) I'm ruining the magic.
0: We do this all live. Like, you guys are hearing it right now in real time. Don't listen to this man. Oh, God. Okay, so... Gavin, I'm going to treat this episode as a little bit of a celebration.
1: All right. Well, what's, what, what's the occasion?
0: Uh, we're done with desecration after this Oh, episode. my God, yes. <laughs> and we, we finally hit double digits after this Oh, we one. do hit double digits. That's true. We're finally done with this piece of shit book. <laughs> it's so bad. All right. All right. Look, I'm launching directly into negativity here. I want to say I liked this one more than I did the other two parts.
1: Yeah, and, like, for me, the part right before this one hit me much better this one i'm gonna be honest there wasn't much that really stuck out to me there's a few good moments yeah i mean there's a few good moments but like as a whole
0: for some reason i i I couldn't get into this section that, that hard like the plot actually starts moving along in this and it's not just dwelling on we're in israel and nikolai is doing a bad thing and we're all very upset about his bad thing oh no what do we do it moves into worse stuff starts to happen. Yeah,
1: and it does pick up a little bit, but at the same time, like, again, it just feels recycled. There's a few new things in there. There's a few things that I was like, okay, that's a cool moment, but nothing that really, like, you know, hit me, like, on the face. It
0: was like, oh, this is what Left Behind can be. Let's go ahead and jump into it. We'll start with chapter 15. So last we left off, all of the Israeli refugees at Petra were moving into the city only to see that after the battle in the sky, there are three giant dust clouds on the horizon and it's three columns of GC ground forces. So tanks, missile emplacements, armored personnel carriers, they're
1: all coming. They're all converging, ready to blow Petra off the map.
0: I think it's worth noting the boils are done now. Yeah. So the plague of sores, boils, you know, whatever they happen to be, the itchy things that sucked real bad, those are gone. That plague is moved. It is now the seas have turned to blood. Um, we're on to a different plague at this point. Are we? Are we just calling them plagues? Because like I, that's I guess so. exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing the whole Exodus thing now. It, they're just plagues. Yeah. Like we're just not even doing like oh uh, falling star and like weird robo scorpions it's just Egypt plagues
1: I mean and like that's not the worst thing that they could borrow from I mean that was you know that's a that's a cool section like if you want to get in the of the Bible like if you want for like you know a story
0: I think it's 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 decent it is but I think it bears mentioning that at this point we are so far off the edge of the map in terms of how loosely Tim is interpreting this prophecy like he's doing the woman and the dragon and all of that that's mentioned in Revelation and he just decides, oh, we're going to do Exodus 2, ah, yeah. or we're doing the Exodus reboot. Like, that's going to be our thing now.
1: Right. I mean, like, what other parts of the Bible have they not really pulled from that they could have been, though? Like, what, what, what do you think like, is missed that we haven't
0: seen yet? They didn't really do any King David stuff, um, so that whole, like, Book of Samuel part is gone. There's no King Solomon stuff. Um, um, we haven't gotten some Assassin's Creed level, like Genesis stuff. It, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I don't want to go too far afield with this. I was having a conversation with someone else uh, who is a Christian the other day about the Genesis stuff and where Assassin's Creed pulls like the Nephilim and like all of that kind of esoteric, almost like fantasy style stuff that's in the book of Genesis that nobody ever talks about. And they were talking about how they were kind of taught that in church. We never were. When we were growing up, like, there's those parts in Genesis to talk about, like, the race of giants um, and the sons of God and the daughters of man. We just jumped right over that. And anytime somebody would ever ask, like, yeah, can we talk about, like, the Nephilim and whatever, they'd be like, no, moving on. Because it's like wild, like it's the cool Assassin's Creed like prehistory forerunner stuff, and I kind of missed out on that, and I'm a little bummed. And it's too bad that they don't go into that.
1: Uh, can you can you really say though? I mean, like that you uh, you're a little bit bummed because if you would have been taught at an early age, that that may have set differently. I don't know. You met you probably would have overcome
0: it the same. Yeah, way. Probably, but you're right. <laughs> like it would have been like oh, is there some D and D in here like oh (laughs) yeah um but that whole conversation was fascinating like it's really interesting stuff and it actually makes a lot of the biblical lore and scriptural stuff make a lot more sense right like consistency wise so really cool but now we're going to immediately cut back to chloe (laughs) so i'm only going to linger on chloe for a minute here only because she's sneaking out of the safe house to go find that light that she was looking at and she takes a luger with her yeah from it's from Ray's keepsakes okay so do you know what a luger is yeah yeah it was the gun used in world war II. yeah it's a german pistol yeah. from world war 2 <laughs> i i guess they still like make them like it's still a gun manufacturer but like it was a weird choice the, for that to be in ray's keepsakes like ray was at normandy the or only something
1: thing i can think of maybe ray's dad or grandpa fought in world war 2 and that was something that they brought back home That's what I'm guessing
0: here. Maybe, like, but it's just such a weird gun choice. Like, it was like, uh, what guns do I know? That one, (laughs) because we've already proven like they don't really know a lot
1: about guns. (laughs) We had Jerry B. Jenkins playing uh, Medal of Honor, and he's like, you know,
0: I should put this gun in my game. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Not in my game. In my book. In my game. So back to Petra. Uh, Ray's in the chopper still from the air battle, and he's looking out, and he's seeing the attack coming. And it's very clear, like immediately, the column of refugees does not have time to get into Petra. Because when the, they're coming in from the east side um, through this long gorge that's called the Sikh, um, it's spelled S-I-Q. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of beautiful canyon. You see it in a lot of stock photos and stuff. Because on the other end of that canyon, as you come in, it opens up right to the treasury. Okay. Now, you know the treasury building, right? Yeah. That's the one that's in Indiana Jones. It's in Transformers. Like, that's the really beautiful edifice that's carved out of the rock right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, imagine you're going through this kind of long, natural canyon formation, and then it opens up right there. Okay. So, really beautiful, but, uh, you know, obviously you can't get people in there very quickly. It's kind of about three or four meters Mm -hmm. across. Yeah, bottlenecking them. It's, yeah, it's totally bottlenecking them. They're having to get everybody together. It's these this group of Jews who are running away from a very large military force, walking slowly with two very large walls on either side. Mm. <laughs> Just, let's remember that image. So Ray makes a split-second decision, and he goes, All right, Operation Eagle, guys, let's go ahead and either put down Or if you're already armed, we're turning our guns on these guys and we're just going to stop them as much as we can. He orders everybody that has a weapon to line up on either edge of the seek at the top so that they can fire down. Basically into like a kill box um, for the GC once they start trying to get in there, which isn't really going to help considering what they're about to do as far as like rolling over the the refugees that haven't even made it into the into the canyon yet. It's a dumb plan. Mm -hmm. Very silly plan because they're hopelessly outnumbered. They're outgunned. This is just playing directly into some American like Alamo fantasies. Right. Like we, we're outnumbered uh, 10 to 1. We we were holding our ground. Oh god, yeah. We um, Americans love that like last stand kind of like heroic fantasy thing. Like and I'm sure a lot of other cultures do too, but it's specifically like keep your powder dry, don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes, kind of like scrappy mythmaking, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're going to make their last stand. Mm-hmm. So back to Chang. Um, he is now kind of doing like some more Hacker Man stuff. It takes a moment to tell us how fast he types. Yeah, he's been, he, um, Chang had been the fastest keyboarder
1: in his Chinese high school, rather, regardless of w- whether they're inputting in Chinese or English. Now he's sp- sat speed typing code into a secondary window every chance he got.
0: Yeah, it's like weird. Like, I can just imagine him doing the movie hacker thing where it's just like, you know, yeah, exactly. So they just. Cut right back just to tell us that. And then we're back to Chloe. So she's second guessing herself. She's like, oh man, should I have left? And she finally sees what she thinks is the light. But we don't get to follow up on that because we do another one of these quick cuts. Because Ray and the rest of the crew inside his chopper, which I'm pretty sure is like him, Abdullah, George, and like Haim, mm-hmm. um, all land and Buck's like, you're going to want to see this. And so they climb up to one of the high places. And Chaim uh, runs along with them like he hikes his robe up and he's like <laughs> scurrying along which I, I don't know, it's just funny and then we cut back i hate this chloe finally makes it to like the low street level window and she looks inside and it looks like it used to be like a currency exchange or a bank or something mm-hmm. and it has a security camera and she immediately like slams herself up against the wall to like dodge it because a light goes on oh no inside so she's immediately been spotted she's very bad at this And there's, like, bulletproof glass, and finally she just turns around, looks directly into the camera, and makes herself known, and hears an intercom box on the wall say, identify yourself and explain your mark. Oh,
1: whoa. It kind
0: of takes the tension out of it, doesn't it? Like, you would pretty much know immediately, like, okay, they can see it. Yeah, they can see your marks. They're they're cool. They're they're cool. (laughs) So, Ray and the rest finally arrive at that high place to see Michael. The right. archangel standing and, above the crowd,
1: and you know who else uh, sees Michael right now? We get our first appearance of Linda in this chat. Oh, session. did Linda see Michael? Yeah, Linda
0: loves Michael. She like she highlighted his entire. Oh, dialogue. she did all this Bible-ish that's in here. Uh-huh. Okay, because I tried to cross-reference a lot of this. It is Bible mishmash. Mm-hmm. Um, because Michael starts to speak. I don't know if this is insulting the reader's intelligence or just pandering or if Jerry and Tim actually think this is good, um, but this stuff bothers me because it's just... Remember when I used to talk about the speaking in tongues yeah. in church? It's this.
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of what it looks like. It's like you, you type the entire Bible and then you try to do more by doing predictive text.
0: Right. It's it's interspersed Bible quotes, but with other stuff that sounds Bible-adjacent, yeah. um, and it doesn't really match together like it's not one continuous scripture can you read a little bit of that like maybe like one like less than a paragraph yeah. or
1: so uh fear not children of abraham i am your shield fear not for god has heard your voice he says to you i am the god abraham of your father fear not for i am with you and will bless you behold the lord your god has set the land before you go up and possess it as the lord god of your father said unto you fear not and neither be discouraged yet you're saying like Almost the same
0: thing every single line. And I think it's worth noting that this is either in like King James or like new King James sounding. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Jerry and Tim didn't think about this, but I'm assuming when the angel speaks, by this point we should know. Everybody probably hears it in their own language.
1: Also for like a a passage where an angel is uh, is addressing a crowd this this isn't doing it for me.
0: No, it, it's just boring.
1: Yeah, and, like, I, I get it. Like, you know, Michael has, like, a human form, and in, in, in the, they've been using that multiple times. But, like, how cool would it have been if we've actually got, like, just one of, like, the types of angels that look, like, with, like, the 15 wings or, like, the the eyes? Like the eyes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Typically in evangelical circles, at least when I was growing up, they don't like to portray angels that way. They like to keep the more Renaissance or, like, Medieval style angel, you know, the wings and yeah. the robe and the halo and whatever, even though none of that's biblical, there is. One specific depiction that we learned about that they did kind of keep going back to, and I can't remember what kind of angel it was. It's the one with the four faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ox and the lion and the man and like all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that one, that one gets brought a good bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they did that one, but that never shows up in the book as far
1: yeah, as yeah. And the, uh, I'm like, the only reason I'm like I'm nitpicking is this thing is saying fear not like a bunch. If it's just a dude that looks like he's coming straight out of a Denny's, uh, this isn't doing it for me.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I think he's more trying to say don't be afraid of the attackers coming at you that's fair i guess but like there's no brilliance there's no anything there is a better angel scene later um and i gotta hand it to him like it actually was kind of cool um what they do a little bit later but we're gonna get to that so back to chloe again she kind of tries to reason with the person on the other end and they're like well we don't know that you're not radioactive why are we gonna let you in and Chloe's like, oh, because the radiation's bullshit. <laughs> we made that part up. <laughs> oh, man, I'd have hated her so bad. You mean to tell me. We've been staying here for like two years thinking that everybody was irradiated and we were the only ones left. And it's fake.
1: Yep, come on. We got uh, we got cornbread in the oven. Come on I, over. Here. I
0: know. It's just, it, it you... There's no truth in this art. Yeah. Because they let her in and like they're very accepting and they want to hear her story and they want to help and all that. And uh, okay.
1: I guess like since she got the mark, they're like, okay, like
0: there's no use not being like hospitable. Like yeah. Evil, and, and it's like that pretty much all Christian characters that aren't named like Ray are pretty much perfect. Yeah. <laughs> in this book, like they are just always moral, always willing to help. Like they may have some slight flaws as people, but like, like, generally they're forgiving and loving and all that and we know that's not true
1: and if you are named ray your struggles all get monologues of like
0: right i guess they didn't have an individual like chapters on chapters to uh dedicate to these people's inner struggles <laughs> Ugh, man, I'm sure glad those are over.
1: No, they'll come back. I
0: would say, yeah, I just jinxed us. They're going to come back.
1: Oh, they're going to come back worse now. Yeah,
0: well. So as she's led into this currency exchange, um, there's a man and a woman, and then there's a few more, and Jerry makes sure to let us know each of their races. Yep. And I don't think there's a single white person in here, and that wouldn't be weird until they start talking about why they're all together later on. Oh. <laughs> so. Back to Ray, he's kind of worried that the Eagle forces uh, might actually fire when they're not supposed to, Um, meaning that, like, they're all in place, and Michael is leading the refugees kind of out to meet this column of tanks. And Ray's like, oh, man, I really hope we don't have, like, a Helm's Deep here where somebody shoots before they're supposed to <laughs> um, because, like, they're not communicating over radio. Like, this whole thing isn't very well organized. Yeah. They go out there following Michael. They're standing in the middle of the desert. And uh, it looks like the column might just run over the refugees. And Ray just starts, like, theory crafting about how's God going to get us out of this one? Are we going to become incorporeal? Is something else going to happen? Are the tanks just going to blow up? What's going on? Is there going to be a giant invisible wall? Like, what a weird passage. Like, it's... I, I guess that would be realistic. Like, he's already seen the other stuff happen, mm-hmm. and I assure you it's nothing interesting. The
1: earth just opens up and eats them.
0: Yeah, he gets his answer, just like the other stuff. The, and Linda
1: uh, likes that. The Linda's earth like, opens oh, up yeah. and swallows
0: the army, which is what it says in Revelation. <laughs> Did Linda like that? Yeah,
1: Linda liked that. She also liked um, Rayford had to fight a smile. In his humanness, he allowed that he could be in heaven within seconds, and his survival instinct wanted him to defend himself but the promises of God also rang in his ears. Oh, God, Linda, I'm
0: going to miss you after this one. Who knows? Maybe we'll get another copy. Maybe, but (laughs) yeah, the whole army is swallowed up. It's a Red Sea thing. Mm -hmm. Like Again, we're doing Exodus 2. This is the Red Sea all over again. The pursuing Pharaoh's army is swallowed up, and there's no trace of them, and it's like they were never there. Game over. (laughs) They already did that trick once. Like, I'm kind of with Ray. There should have been something cooler. But, now eh, they gotta stick to prophecy. So, we get to learn the name of not only the church that Chloe has found, but also the name of the pastor. So, the pastor's name is Enoch. And he's
1: an incongruously named Spaniard.
0: Right, because there's no Spaniards named Enoch. <laughs> also, like, his name is Enoch. How much do you know about the biblical character, Enoch? I
1: know there's there, there there's two Enochs. Um one is like one of like the earliest like descendants of Adam, I think like third or fourth. And then there's like another one that did stuff. There's like two in Genesis that are named Enoch. I think there's only one.
0: I thought there was two. I thought there I could was be one. mistaken. So Enoch uh actually never died. Oh yeah, he he's got, one of the just, only people who never died. Him got, and Elijah. Just, he got accepted into heaven. Yeah. He just got like, oh, you're cool, dude. Come on in. And then he had a son who lived. Lived to be almost a thousand years old, uh, whose name was Methuselah. So, Come when you, when that's actually, that was a slam that got used in church when I was little, is they'd call old people Methuselah. Dang, <laughs> roasted. Oh, I know. <laughs> got him. <'em. laughs> so, this group thought they were the only ones left in the city. There's about 30 of them. They bring in Chloe and are just very interested to hear what she has to say. Ray spends the last part of the chapter re explaining the plan. All right, guys, we got to get to the airstrip. We gotta get to Chicago and we gotta bring Zion Ben Judah here. We're staking a perimeter until Chaim is able to get into the city. Once he's there, it's mission accomplished. Let's go home. So, for the first time in a long time, we might have all the tribulation force on their way back. So into chapter 16, um, we're back with Chloe. She kind of tells everyone about the tribulation force, about herself, about Zion. Um, and of course, naturally, they're like, oh, my God, Zion and Judas with you. And they're like, she's like, yeah. <laughs> um, she agrees to kind of get them food and try to help them reconnect with the other believers. And then we cut back to a character we have not heard from in a long time.
1: It's Laszlos Miklos! Yeah, I think
0: he's getting his first POV chapters of any of these books. So, when last we left Laszlos Miklos, the uh, Greek Lignite magnate who uh, became a Christian, was an early co-op guy. His lo- he lost his wife to the guillotine. Yeah, his whole house church, actually. Oh, yeah. So, him, his pastor, um, his pastor's wife... Laszlo's his wife he just wasn't home when they got raided but everybody else got taken to that prison and guillotined um it was when buck and albie tried to go rescue them and then they couldn't remember that yeah 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 okay so he is in hiding he's literally living in a garbage dump and he's trying to revive the underground church that he used to have but he's not having like a huge amount of success um we get to hear about his huge rock-like muscles <laughs> from his early days in the mines <laughs> This man sounds like a dwarf. So he's in his hideout. He hears footsteps and immediately goes for his gun. Like, everyone's got guns now. Dude, you need it to take down the Antichrist forces, dude. You gotta sleep with it. Clearly. And everybody is sleeping with their guns. Like, this is crazy. So it turns out not to be a GC officer. It is a teenage boy. But it's not just any teenage boy. Um, It's this kid named Marcel who was the kid that Buck freed when he and Albie raided the prison, or infiltrated the prison. Oh, nice. Okay, good callback it, Yeah, there. it's okay. Like, it's fine, I guess. Um, so if you remember, they freed a boy and a girl. Yeah. So they got them both out of there. And this kid goes to Laszlo's and is like... You know, hey, I need your help. So from there, we uh, cut back to Petra again. We're kind of getting the forces in place. We're getting every computer savvy refugee in there that can kind of replace David. It takes a bunch of people to do the work of one David, which, if we remember from last time, David was murdered. So rest in peace, David. Mm hmm.
1: They, they need ten GC goons to even um uh, uh get one iota of what David was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You'll never be the best hacker, man. <laughs> yeah, I know well they got chang now and he's doing all right yeah i still hate him but uh (laughs) builders and workers are starting to bring in supplies so they're going to like fortify this ancient city so they're not just gonna camp out and live there like they're building structures they're building like tent hospitals they are building places where they can store supplies and food so it's a full operation
1: what is marcel's last
0: name Patapopoulos. Papadopoulos Papadopoulos That's a cool name That's yeah, pretty cool yeah. It's very Greek yeah. <laughs> um, And Ray takes a minute And starts kind of fawning over How cool he thinks the Israelis are <laughs> You know the song by now guys yeah. Evangelicals Love Israel. They love Israel and they want to cosplay Jewish people. And we have said it before and we'll say it again. <laughs> like, hey, you guys know the tune, sing along. <laughs> uh, but he says something about, like, I don't know if it's like their camaraderie or their look or the way they talk or just what they're all about that I'm raised so into. This whole Jewish thing, like, I could really be like, I could get with it. And, um, he gets a call from Laszlo's basically saying, Hey, I got these kids here that I need you to extract, like get them out of here. The GC is still tightening the noose around this area of Greece. Please extract these children. And Ray goes, okay, I'll fly through and get them. So, um, we're back to Chang. Now, Chang's going to be our POV into the Phoenix 216 and into all of Nikolai's meetings for this section of the book, kind of like David used to be and, like, Ray before that and then, like, Mac immediately after that. So we've we've passed the bug forward. Um, he gets a ping, and he uh, checks and sees that he's going to get his computer scanned later that day. Um, he sets the 216 bug to record so he can come back and look at it later because he's got to go to the office of his new supervisor, uh, Figueroa, the guy that we met last time, who had the weird last name that Chang guessed for some reason, they go back and forth about that, and it still makes zero sense. Oh yeah, it is a very very silly plot point that they just put in there. He offers Chang a cigar, and then like tries to put his feet up on the desk and like can't do it, and does some weird Keystone Cops like pratfall, like tripping over himself, trying to look cool, and like I don't I don't get it, like. Is it that the GC are all supposed to be boobs? Like, I guess. I guess. Like,
1: what? The, the global community getting their hijinks, like, can't sit down properly, slipping on banana peel. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it Running is. Running into a wall that um uh, that Rayford painted on the side, of, or the, as a tunnel on the side of the
0: hill. <laughs> yeah, like, it's literally it. And I feel like as we keep going toward, like, the Battle of Armageddon, that is going to be what we're in for. Yeah.
1: Whoa! Did the GC just fly their planes into each other? Whoa! Oh
0: man, they forgot and they left the key in the ignition on the planes. <laughs> well, if you're here, who's flying the plane? <laughs> like it's so stupid. You
1: look over and Jesus is in the cockpit. It's like I got your. <laughs> and six. Jesus pulls
0: down some sunglasses. <laughs> So dumb. I don't think anything's going to prepare you for the last book, buddy. Oh, God. it's a lot. <laughs> so uh, Figueroa goes back on his promise, because originally he said to Chang, like, hey, man, I'll keep you from getting lie detector. And he's like, hey, remember I said that? Still going to have to lie detector you. Sorry. Oh, no. And he's like, but I want to help you out. And Chang's like, why? And Figaroa says, because you intrigue <laughs> and then Chang immediately assumes he's getting hit on and has like a full-blown gay panic. Oh no. <laughs> it's amazing. Like it it is automatically assumed that because this guy gives him kind of a compliment, he must therefore be hitting on him because he is part of the GC and therefore a degenerate. <laughs> Wong, I'm a married man. Yeah, but they never say married to a woman, so that's also probably left in there, because you gotta know that the church moms reading this were, like, clutching their pearls. Yes. (laughs) So, we're back to the other church with Enoch, and he explains that this place, after it was a bank, used to be a church, and he pulls out a brochure for the church that used to be there prior to the rapture. Can you please... Just, just take a minute and read me this brochure. Let's see. Um. Oh no, not this.
1: <laughs> Someone handed Chloe one. On the front, it read, "The place." Inside it, it said, "Jesus loves pimps, whores, crackheads, drunks, players, <laughs> hustlers, <laughs> mothers with no husbands and children with no fathers." This, 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 this just feels like. Zeke and, and little Z with like if an entire church was based around them.
0: Maybe okay, let's let's talk about this aspect of modern Christianity for a second. Okay. So there has always been an undercurrent in Christian theology about ministering to society's untouchables. Yeah. For a long time either there's been lip service paid to it or it was actually part of the doctrine. Now it goes back f- way further than evangelicalism. I'm sure that there are whole, you know, monastic orders that are specifically based on this. Um but, you know, you take the parts of the Bible where Jesus did associate with prostitutes and tax collectors, which at the time would have been considered like money launderers. So many of his disciples were fishermen who were like dock guys that smelled bad, you know, yeah. like that's part of the narrative. Modern evangelicalism has a an undercurrent in it of that. I think I can at least trace it back in its modern form to David Wilkerson. Who's that? Um, he was an American evangelist, founder of the addiction recovery program Teen Challenge. You ever heard of Teen Challenge? That sounds very familiar. Yep. A lot of churches involved in it. Um, and he was best known for writing a book called The Cross and the Switchblade. Which was about him ministering to inner city gangs in New York. Ah, okay. Yeah. He is an Assemblies of God minister. Mm-hmm. So he's one of mine. <laughs> <not> your voice. <laughs> one of mine. And um, God, man, people revered Dave Wilkerson like all through the Assemblies of God. Teen Challenge was huge. It was this, it is an addiction recovery program of a type. The efficacy, I don't have enough actual knowledge to talk about the actual efficacy of this program, I'm always going to be a little skeptical when it comes to recovery programs, charity programs, um, things like that that are tied to organized religion directly because I always feel like they have an ulterior motive. Yeah. So I'm not here to bash on Teen Challenge, but what I am going to say is that in the mainstream middle American Christian mindset. The ministering to the untouchables is always something that is done by certain people that are called to do it to kind of quote, get their hands dirty. Um, and they are treated almost like special ed teachers. Yeah. Like, I- I see like that. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, you work with those people. I see. Well, we're just going to lump them all into one basket because they aren't Middle to upper middle class, white. They're the other. Yeah, they're they're an othered group. Yeah, right. And that's what bothered me so much about the fact that when Jerry listed the races of these people, not a single one of them were white. Right. Yeah. And because like normally, again, wouldn't be that big of an issue. It's nice to have a more diverse cast until you get here. Yeah. (laughs) And they go from there into saying that like, oh, we all used to be these things. It's just patronizing poverty porn. Yeah, honestly, like it's it's classist as We can't have them at normal church, so we have them go to an inner city. It's called the place. Is the name of the church, so they have to make it like what they think street talk is and cool, when really it's just church. Yeah, it it's so patronizing, and I hate it so much.
1: You know, I I guess that's why like a lot of a lot of christians that they put a very big focus on uh not getting like boastful about works is because you ca- it can just devolve if you do it wrong into just hyping yourself up cuz like oh i'm 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 helping the undesirable, so i should be looked upon as as better than other people because i'm i'm willing to um uh, to reach out and uh, and uh, touch these these, these filthy folks.
0: Yep. So there was a guy uh, that I knew that was exactly that. Uh, it was a guy that I used to work with who um, he was part of a family that I'm going to say both involved in evangelicalism and had a relative that was kind of a celebrity, mm-hmm. you know, an evangelical celebrity, but a mainstream celebrity as well. This guy would call out of work very frequently with like no notice because he was going to, quote, feed the homeless. And that was always his excuse, and he told them that uh, he didn't have to show up to work because of that. What? (laughs) Was he really? Maybe. Like, I'm glad if you did. But, like, it was always with this very righteous chip on his shoulder, like, how dare you even question me? that I'm out here doing God's work and I'm not clocking in
1: for my shift. I mean, like, I get it if you have, like, you know, a a thing you're really passionate about you're doing, but, like, maybe work that out with your employer, like, you know, maybe some advance.
0: Oh, yeah, and this was at a job where they absolutely, especially if you had given some sort of faith-based reason, would have moved heaven and earth to let you do this. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, again, it's I'm helping the undesirables, but it is to lift myself up. Uh, That whole part's really gross. I don't like the place. (laughs) Um, There's a quote in there somewhere, though, that says... Hold up. Enoch reached for the brochure
1: and faced his people. He read off the list of who Jesus loves one by one, pausing after each for a show of hands. Everyone raised a hand at least once, and several did many times, always with huge smiles. Enoch carefully set down the brochure, looked meaningfully at Chloe, and rose with lips trembling and tears streaming he gestured to the assembled and whispered and such were some of you they nodded and amen but you were washed amen
0: hallelujah but you are sanctified praise jesus did they have to have him do the black pastor thing <laughs> like i understand that that's an like an evangelist thing but like by this point it's a trope yeah of, like, you know, you almost want to hear, like, the crazy little organ sting after it. Oh, dude, it's just so casually, like, kind of offensive. Like, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. We'll move from there. um not hang out. at the place. I know. I can't hang at the place. I'm not allowed. Um, <laughs> I'm going to move on to Chapter 17. But before then, Ray decides he is going to assign George for his mission he's got to get home he's got to take care of zion and get him to petra he gives george the mission to extract marcel and the girl Mm -hmm. that is going to be very important here in a little bit so on to chapter 17 um chang welcomes his quote random screening and so he plays dumb he goes oh no my hard drive crashed (laughs) and um it's one of his coworkers and another GC peacekeeper. keeper. Um, and he's like, well, I know you're here to do my lie detector test, but I'm only going to do it with Figueroa. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, how about you do it with me or I have you arrested? He's like, nope, Figueroa said. So you go ahead and call him. So Chang's starting to find his voice a little bit. Yeah, he's, got, he's got a little bit of spunk. He, 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 he can push back when he needs to. But the guy he's pushing back on goes, did you hear they shot two guys for subversion earlier today? And he's like, oh turns out they weren't shot they yeah. were actually guillotined but you know you know it attack, comes across it. yeah and but chang doesn't flinch he's like um well i sure would hate for that to happen but uh go get figueroa so he makes the call and while it's happening he's talking to the technician trying to screen his computer and he's like oh no no man i'll try to save your data don't worry he's like uh did you defrag and run scan disk <laughs> Turn on, dude. The drive <laughs> won't boot. That's not what that. <sighs> Jerry had one IT guy come over to his house
1: one time and like described how a computer vaguely works. And he's like, "All oh, right, this is good enough."
0: Yeah, he hand and he was like, "Wait, wait, wait, before you go, I have some computer questions." And he like handed him a shasta and was like, "Can you stay for like fifteen minutes?" <laughs> That's where he learned all this. So Figueroa does arrive and actually starts doing Chang's lie detector test. Can you read the questions from the lie detector test because they are silly? Is today Sunday? Is the sky blue? Are you a male? Do you
1: work for the global community? Are you loyal to the supreme potentate? Have you done anything that would be considered disloyal to the supreme potentate? Uh, Did you get confidential information from someone who leaks it to you from the inner circle of the Supreme Potentate?
0: Okay, so, so far, this is a basic lie detector. Like, they ask him some level-setting questions. Is it Sunday? Is the sky blue? Are you male? You know, whatever. Let's get to where things start being word games. Yeah. So, Figueroa tells Chang. Let's see, don't start playing games now, Chang, or we'll
1: have to do this all over again. Well, Mr. Figueroa, I can certainly say in all sincerity that I will continue to show the same level of loyalty to the global community leader that I have shown him since the beginning. So, um, that's a yes? merely is what it is. What would he think of this? Probably that you're wasting your time and mine. You don't want to just say yes and be done with it? Is that that the last question? Yes! So, how am I doing so far? It it looks fine. Then let it ride. The the last answer could be evasive. To whom? To anybody who's got a question, man, do you ever just give a straight answer?
0: Should I? Let's go, (laughs) Lars. (laughs) So he manages to kind of Jedi mind trick his way through this, but... I don't know a lot about polygraphs, but I've got to imagine that like, even though he's not technically lying, Chang is probably shaking in his boots right now because he's a child. Mm -hmm. Lie detector tests don't actually tell if you're lying. They just tell like your heart rate and like. But this isn't a polygraph. This is by frequency of voice. Oh, this is by frequency of voice. Boy, that sounds even less accurate. (laughs) This is so dumb. Suffice to say, it looks like he skirts by out of his polygraph by not technically lying. And if anybody reads that recording back, immediately they're going to be like, oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call, <laughs> like, call, call Chang back in for more questioning, yeah. yeah get, go get that kid. <laughs> it's just, what about this is impressive or interesting? Like... You know, God exists. Just make the thing short out. Yeah. Or or even better, make it so that Chang is still saying,
1: like, normal answers, but, like, you know, the thing to where, like...
0: they they, You can make people hear stuff in other languages. Make them hear something else. Yeah, yeah. The arbitrary nature of when God shows up to do stuff and when he doesn't... Is about as frustratingly arbitrary as it is if you talk to an actual Christian. Right. Oh yeah, God help me find my car keys. Okay. Could think of some other things he could spend his time doing, but you know, that's between him and himself, I guess. I guess.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? I need I need money for my sister's operation. God,
0: please help me. No, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come up with that on your own, kid. <laughs> oh god. Uh, there's a website, and this is me getting real, like, like Reddit atheist Andy, real quick. But there is a website called Has God Healed Any Amputees I think is what oh, it's called. Oh no! And it is a it's an ongoing record of with all the faith healing and all the quote miraculous healings. Have any amputees ever been healed? No. I'm, I'm just gonna let that question linger. Oh. Yeah, because you know the answer. <laughs> nobody's growing back any arms but yeah like that that's what i find very frustrating about it is because we're supposed to be taking this narrative as it could happen the day after tomorrow Mm -hmm. um and this is in the real world and this is how god really operates then why can't he just do these things he's turning the sea into blood protect your people yeah like this is this is dumb I feel like I have to take the Lucifer position a lot when challenging this book's version of God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like command these stones to become bread if you can <laughs> like, He's like, you know no, what I mean I don't want to <laughs> like all right well you don't wanna okay I hate doing that because I know that we have people of faith that listen and'm i I'm not saying that to disparage your personal faith. What I am saying is that the version of Christianity that is presented in these books has a God that is capricious and arbitrary. yeah he is not a god that I would want to worship. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? yeah, exactly. You know, and again, that's like,
1: it got into the whole reason like why I like, you know, left in the first place is like, you know, the God of the Bible and even like, the God of this book. It is hard to wrap your mind around some of the the reasons that he does certain things, uh, even up to like, why don't you put Satan in the Garden of Eden
0: with those children, uh, essentially God? There's only so much his ways are not our ways that I can stomach. Yeah. I'm going to hop off that point because I feel like I'm beating it into the dirt. And again, I don't ever say this stuff to alienate listeners that you know, are people of faith. Love you guys, but I don't like the God of this book. <laughs> yeah. As we close out the chapter, um, things are actually going pretty well at Petra. Um, the Trib force who are there, you know, Chaim and Ray and uh, Abdullah, like all of them kind of hold hands and they pray and they say their goodbyes. Um, Hayam, in that moment decides to produce an urn of Hattie's ashes And they have a little prayer over her and thank God that they are going to see her again. Leah says, well, we're we're forgetting somebody. And she pulls out David's phone. So they kind of have a little impromptu memorial there. And Chaim recommends that they take both items back to Chicago so that the trip force there can have their goodbyes. Now, I want to keep something in mind here. It's only a little bit after the Indwelling. Like, it's not long. Yeah. So they still have about maybe three years I think so. of holding up in this rock city of doing all this while they are constantly getting hammered by the GC. Um, and things are just going to go from bad to worse. Sorry about spoilers, but they are. It's gonna be a rough three years, and we're almost at book ten of technically twelve. Right, so they gotta like that's like a year per book ish. I guess, it, we'll, guess what guess what we're probably gonna get? Guess what we're probably gonna get? Some time skips. Uh uh-huh, Probably some, time some skips, Gavin. Time skips. <laughs> Probably gonna get some big old time skips. Like we're gonna skips. we're gonna
1: get like a chapter or two into Armageddon, so like two point nine years later. I know, <laughs> so like it,
0: it's it's crazy because like. You know how much I hated the original Tribulation Force time skip. Yeah. Like, I thought that, was, that bad. was bad. It was like 18, 18 months. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be awful. <laughs> Chang is the one who takes us out of here. He latches his door from the inside, and he does some kind of overcomplicated unlock sequence on his computer that's like something out of a video game. Like, there's a bunch of dots, and he has to click the dot, and then he has to move the thing in, like, click and drag the thing into the other thing. And then he has to play the Impossible Game. Yeah, but it's like it's impossible. It feels like the Impossible Game. Yeah, on uh, he used to play on like iPhone and stuff. Yeah, and uh, he finally decrypts his drive. He gets back to work. He's writing a cover for George so that he can go to Greece, and then he replays his two sixteen recording. So apparently, Leon has like a whole group of underlings. Like his, his high priests and stuff, and he's bestowing his power upon them. I don't know what that means. I like to
1: imagine they all talk like really sh-ty Italian mobsters. Oh too.
0: man, that would be great! They all hey, talk uh, like
1: Leon, <laughs> they all talk like Luca Brasi. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Leon, we got the uh, the uh, the Calzones for tonight. The potentate's
0: gonna love them. Holy. Sh- gavin what leon's italian is this a dig at catholics is Is this another catholic yeah this is a catholic mob. oh my god because later on he's gonna show up in his like regalia and stuff so of course the false prophet is a dirty papist (laughs) Oh my God, I didn't even see that until just how did we get that far and I didn't see that?
1: Like a random, uh, random, uh, like small tangent, but I saw a meme the other day that said, or uh, people say that they hate uh, liberals, then literally be Protestant. <laughs> freaking funny and then had a picture of Pope John Paul's face on it. That's that's kind of funny.
0: <laughs> While Leon is talking, Nikolai just cuts him off and is like, fix the blood thing, huh? Yeah. Can you can you just fix the blood thing? Like we're literally dying out here. We're thirsty. And, and Leon's like, oh I don't know what to do, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, okay, cool. We're about to take off. Where's Viv? Where is Viv? <laughs> and he's like, uh, she went back to the temple and she said she was gonna quote violate some traditions. What? <laughs> I dude, as soon as you said Yes, yeah, uh, that's my girl. I know, right? Like you said, the way they say it, you're like, okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> but yeah. apparently, I think, I think specifically it's a woman being in the temple, that part of the temple. Okay. If I'm if I'm reading it correctly, I think according to that. Prescription, at least in the you know the early Old Testament, I don't think a woman would be allowed in there. Yeah. Okay. So, I, but I like that we kind of had the same. Like, what are you talking about, man? Like, Vivian, put your clothes back. Hey, on. yo. <laughs> <laughs> but so everyone on the plane gets lie detector tested and cleared, except Viv. Oh. And when they she finally gets back and they administer the test on her, one of the questions is, "Did you sit on His Excellency's throne in the temple today?" <laughs> yeah. Well, she lies at first. Oh, no, she, she lies to to uh, Akbar. Then he's like, I'm sure His Excellency would like to hear about that. And she starts, wait, 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 starts following him out of the room. And she's like, well, I mean, maybe I, I might have a little bit.
1: I mean, it was a cool chair. I just want to sit I just want to
0: sit in your cool chair. And, of course, Nikolai's off. And he's like, how dare you?
1: And at this point, I thought they were going to be... I don't know why I got this vibe from, again, it's, like, everything that God does, they gotta invert it, but I thought this was gonna be, like, almost like a parallel to, like, you know, Lucifer wanting more power from God, and I was like, oh, is Vib trying to, like, usurp, uh, Carpe? Yeah, I mean, because they did
0: that with Matthews, and, like, now there's her, and we know she raised him, and she's a prequels character. I think at this point, we're not going to understand any of Viv's motivations until we read the prequels. And maybe then we won't. I don't want to read more Left Behind books, but I do want to read these prequels just so they understand what the hell is going on here. Oh, man. Because, like, she breaks down. Like, she starts begging and crying and, like, asking for his forgiveness. And she starts kind of, like, cooing over him. Like, it's weird. I mean, almost like a mother yeah figure but like something between like a mother and like a companion you know kind of thing nikolai just kind of eh. (laughs) like be gone woman and you know who else takes this test nikolai Nikolai does well yeah yeah, because him and suhail akbar are the last two and he's like well let's just do each other and so akbar starts doing it and nikolai just starts straight lying on the test and the needle does not move
1: state your name akbar began god Is today Sunday?
0: (laughs) What dude, what an opener, though. Like (laughs) state your name. God.
1: (laughs) Is today Sunday? Yes. Is the sky blue? No. Are you male? No. Do you serve the global community? No. Are you loyal to the citizens under your authority? No. Have you ever done anything disloyal to the global community? Yes. Do you leak confidential information to someone inside GC headquarters that undermines the effectiveness of your cabinet? No. And I would personally kill anyone who did. Uh, Did you rise from the dead and are you the living lord? Yes. Can the global community Count on your continuing loyalty For as long as you serve The supreme potentate No You astound me
0: Excellency <laughs> yeah, I know So he says All these things that are wrong And he, he mixes in a couple Of correct ones I think I think like the ones That are like Pertaining to like To like it, the like, guilt Or innocence yeah. Yes But like <laughs> <laughs> also, that says like he's not male, and I'm reading way too deep into this. But it also seems like weird gender panic stuff uh, in, in a way. Like, of course, the devil wouldn't identify as, as the a gender ma- that he is. Like, yeah, it's way too early for that to be like a Fox News hot button like wedge issue. Right? You
1: know, maybe it was on the fringe. like you know, like in the '90s, there was some of that, but it's nowhere near like how it is
0: today. Oh, it's not like bathroom. Yeah, shit, you know, but it's still like if he says that, they're like, ew. Eh. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then he ends his conversation with Akbar by saying, I am the father of truth. Hmm. So what did, did anything strike you about him saying that? Uh, That's something Jesus said, isn't it? Nope. Uh, It is the opposite of something he said. Um, So uh, the book of John, gospel of John, uh, chapter eight, verse 44, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Ah. Hearing the devil referred to as the father of lies, that is one of the many monikers, you know, that old serpent, the father of lies, Mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So into chapter 18, um, it's more of Chang listening in on the 216. Um, There is no more Supreme Commander. Walter Moon has been summarily executed by Nikolai um, and will not be replaced. Yeah. So I think Suhail was probably angling for that position, but he's not getting it. He's like, I'm basically going to give you the job but not the title. Poor guy. This is redundant. (laughs) Well, I think it's one of those things of like, you go to work for the devil thinking that you're going to advance yourself in the world and he's never going to give you what he promised. Yeah. Um, Nikolai is very antsy and he's like, look, we got to flush this mole out. You're going to charge the two stewards on the plane with treason and we're gonna guillotine them. Oh. And he's like, also, by the way, we need to discuss the whole Israeli situation. Um I'm gonna need a quote final solution to this problem with these Jews. Okay, so um <clears throat> I know we put like a content warning at the beginning of every episode, but god damn it. Right. The next little bit here with with Nikolai gets really f- yeah. Like I said in here, it's like he wants to do Holocaust too.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, like that. The, they literally use like a lot of the same like you know phrases that Nazis used like during World War Two. This sucks.
0: Yeah. Um, and it sucks because obviously Tim, World War Two vet, feels very strongly about Nazis, right? Yeah, has some very specific opinion on the evils of Nazis. Yeah. While at the same time promoting a lot of the same sort of right-wing nationalist ideas that would have been at home yeah. in a Nazi-type regime, that's not what I think is so about it. What I have the biggest problem with is that not only are they dredging up the Holocaust imagery, not only are they saying that you know, you're literally making your villain in your Christian book do this, You're also saying that it's basically the Christian God's job to save the Jewish people from this. Yeah. Like, it's the Christians placing themselves in the only we can do it. And by us, we mean our God, but our God working through us but also, really, us. Yeah. You know, like, we're going to save them this time. Like, it's,
1: oh, it's so gross. Right. And, like, again, you, you can have literature that, you know, talks about the Holocaust and even makes, like, big announcements. Not analogies. in some
0: schools anymore. I
1: was even, I, you, you, you got the segue right <laughs> out of my brain.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to jump all over your point. No, yeah. Yeah. And you can have books that,
1: like, do that. But, and like again, like Shane was saying, this is, like, I'm saying this right after an actual book written by Jewish people has been taken out of curriculum in schools because it's, quote-unquote, some people think it's offensive and, uh, like, inappropriate for school We're term. talking about and, Mouse. Yeah, Mouse. Yeah, a graphic novel. Yeah. To be fair, this book wasn't in any school curriculum, but you're going to have some people that are going to be seeing this over Mouse and thinking, like, this is, all right, this is how you avoid anti-Semitism and really it's just kind of at best um uh you're you're just not getting the message of of uh of how to avoid anti-Semitism and uh, avoid the mistakes of the past. At worst it's perpetuating it. Yeah,
0: for sure. I want to recommend a YouTube video that I have used um this person's channel as a source for our original episode and partially As a source for why I wanted to delve back into these books and do this show, they're called Renegade Cut. I've mentioned them before. Just put a video out about the fourth God's Not Dead movie. Oh, no. And anybody who knows anything about Christian media knows God's Not Dead. Super right-wing evangelical feel-good propaganda. And Renegade Cut makes a point about Christian nationalism. Talking about how these types of evangelicals, these Christian nationalists, these right-wing evangelicals, see themselves as having a claim over the culture. Mm -hmm. So, of course, a book like this would be allowed. Or even the Bible. You know, there's the old gotcha of, uh, yeah, there's a book in the school library that features incest. Um, and, uh, and sexual assault and violence and the death of children and all this other stuff. Is that really the kind of book we want our kids reading? And then the gotcha, of course, is as soon as they go, well, of course not. No, 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 no. you yeah, Well, yeah, that's the Bible. Like, which again, like turns old fedora tipping, turns fedora around, got him. Like, sure, but that's because they see themselves as having a right and a claim over the culture. Yeah. Even seeing the mouse thing happen, you look at it and go, "Well, that kind of tracks," because they feel as if they are the default. Yeah. Not only are they def- the default, they are also what everything should be hegemonically. Mm-hmm. You know, it pisses me off to see all of this. I'm gonna skip over some of the stuff that Nikolai says because it really is kind of like yikes. Yeah. Um. But Gavin summarized it pretty well by saying it's just Hitler. Yeah. So we're back to Laszlos. We don't spend a lot of time with him, but it's just him wringing his hands and being like, oh no, are we going to be able to get these kids out? It's the same thing we see with all of these different inner monologue moments, they all sound the same. They all sound like Jerry. I just wrote here that one of the problems with Left Behind is we got too many POV characters.
1: Yeah, and when we do, like, cut to some of them, you don't do anything particularly interesting with, like, all of these characters. Or you, you might start to do something like, hey, I wonder what's going on here. On here. Cut.
0: Yep, so we're going to skip over that part. Um, so back to Chang listening. Uh, Suhail tells Nikolai... Hey, none of our guys have reported in, and uh, the spy planes just saw the troops disappear, (laughs) and Nikolai loses his shit again, and he orders a meeting of all 10 potentates. Did we forget about the potentates? There are still 10 kings all over the world
1: you know they haven't really brought that up for a few books i
0: want to say maybe that's because like the time yeah because it's only been like a few weeks yeah the time density is different yeah. yeah like so i think he met him in indwelling and then like after that it was just like this and then a couple of other stuff like the mark didn't really have anything in there and he just starts making plans to level petra with nukes yeah which
1: um, was well i thought the plan was going to
0: be until he's like oh you've got them all in one place Hmm. Yeah. So he says uh, a, a line that should be cooler than it is. There is no such thing as overkill. It's <laughs> like that should be bad. It's not.
1: That, for some reason, that sounds like something the uh, like when you're playing Call
0: of Duty zombies,
1: something the announcer would say when you get a
0: power. Yeah, probably <laughs> <laughs> like you drink whatever the, the soda is called. Like yeah. I didn't play a lot of zombies, but I know I know that what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> So I I just, you know, I understand that they don't want Satan to be cool, but I'm sorry. Satan's already cool. Yeah, Satan needs to be cool in these books. Yeah, there's so much stuff in our culture we wouldn't have if it wasn't for Satan. You don't want him to be cool because he's your bad guy. But like, come on, like give him a couple of cool moments, right? Right.
1: He's supposed to be like a tempter and like a seducer, dude. Come on. Yeah,
0: not a thing. He's just Cobra Commander now. So Laszlos and Marcel meet with their driver. They're going for the mission. They're gonna get picked up by George, and that's gonna be it. They go to the co-op center to pick up the girl. This girl named Georgiana jumps into the car as they start to move away. She's got a baseball cap pulled down over her forehead. Oh no. Uh-huh. So And she's very over-eager. She wants to know about, yeah, Mr. Miklos, do you have a gun? how about you and toss the driver do you have a gun (laughs) like really wants to know about these
1: guns I am gonna need you have to take your cap off real quick no one says that I don't think do they
0: no they don't Nope. no they don't think about it um something does happen with the cap in a second
1: man it's almost like uh her hiding her forehead can mean that she has one or two things one's good one bad so maybe uh this is the time to bring back the check the mark thing
0: maybe yeah because they used to do that all the time yeah especially now like that's a thing you definitely want to do but they don't um and so you guys know exactly where this is going when they get ready to pray they ask her if she wants to pray and she won't oh no <laughs> oh it's very like john carpenter the thing for a second because like they don't trust each other and then like the gc don't trust each other like the stress is getting to everybody so they pull up alongside who they think is their contact and he's described as like a, a blonde guy and you think it might be george but he speaks with a European accent. And Marcel calls out to him, so identifies them, because he's a dumb kid. Mm -hmm. And Laszlo's is like, nope, that's not him, we gotta bail. And as soon as they're about to step on the gas, Georgiana pulls out a pistol with a suppressor on it and orders the driver to stop. She shoves the pistol at the back of his neck and is like, stop the car. Uh, Marcel rips her cap off, and she's got the mark of the beast. Like, I almost, like, in the moment of her cap flying off and, like, her hair going, I almost see her, like turning like a Buffy vampire and she's got like fangs. <laughs> you
1: know, funnily, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. funnily enough, this section was, this was my favorite part of I told session. you, there are okay yeah, bits good, yeah. in this.
0: So Laszlos tries to go for the gun, and as that's going, she shoots the driver. The car starts to go out of control. Laszlos tries to get a hold of the wheel, um, but he kinda can't, and the car comes like kinda skidding to a halt. More GCs show up to back this girl up. They pull Laszlos out of the car and she levels the gun at his head, and he just turns his eyes to heaven, blackout. Around that time, George lands at the airport.
1: He, I, I like how they um, reintroduce Lazlos and then just within seconds. Just, just off him. Yeah, just off him. Yep, he's done.
0: Like, it, I, it makes me a little gun-shy for other characters. They're yeah, like, hey, they're back. And then you just... You just Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> So, George works things out with a security guy. His cover seems to work. He gets in a car and starts going to the rendezvous point, and he sees the girl, and she's covered in blood. And he gets out of the car, runs up to her, because she looks like a frightened little girl. Yeah. She wraps her arms around him and cuffs him and calls for backup. Oh. <laughs> so, they blindfold him. They shove him into the Jeep, and they're planning on interrogating him. And George, remember, is a military guy, so he's thinking back to all of his military training. He's not buckled in, so he's making a point of throwing his bulk around and, like, you know, making a big ruckus. And they say, sit up, you big stupid person. (laughs) The fact that they don't cuss in these books Still
1: continues to amuse me. It, it's same as me too. And I want I want to take a moment to say, did did they did they write a really effective uh, villain character that actually that, that I could? Oh I no, guess. this girl is terrifying. Yeah, yeah like I I want to see I want to know more about
0: Georgiana, dude. she's she stone cold, and I love her.
1: Yeah, like she, <laughs> she 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 understands the mission. She uses deception. She's like ruthless. Georgiana, probably
0: one of the best GC operatives we've seen. Very effective. No, yeah. she's great. I love her. Um, Um, I want her on my team. (laughs) We get into chapter 19, and Ray immediately gets an incoming call from Colorado. And we haven't heard anybody in Colorado in a while, and there's only one guy still there. Uh, It's Steve Plank. Hello. And Steve Plank's like, bad news, man, you've been comped. You guys have all been burned. (laughs) Not everybody, but a lot of the tribulation force has been burned, and it could lead all the way to the top. So the plane that they are literally on right now, which is being flown by Albie is being flagged everywhere. Oh. Um, So it looks like the two primary people that have been compromised are Buck and Albie. Yes. Um, Now, they know that George was being sent in under an alias that was under Albie. So basically, Mm -hmm. Albie was his commanding officer. Albie's cover has been blown because Buck and Albie were in the prison when they released the real Georgiana. Mm Mm-hmm. She got picked up. She cracked under torture and gave them away. Ah. They used process of elimination to find out who Marcel was. And that's how they stung the operation. Okay. They planted a fake Georgiana. She basically walked around in the Christian underground for a while, trying to find Marcel, then hooked up with him and made the plan to escape. Okay. So that's how they comped it. Albie's burned. Buck is also burned. But Buck, you know, really isn't doing much other than hanging out with Haim most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not as bad. They do mention <laughs> that heat-seeking stratosphere GC recon planes. That's just, that's word salad. That it means really, nothing. It is, but, like, I mean, those things are, they can be real, yeah. but, like, not in the way that they're talking about. They're fighting moving heat signatures in Chicago.
1: Dun-dun. Oh. Way to go, Chloe. Had to take your father's luger out on a joyride. I know, day. for
0: real. Steve does him a solid. He reroutes them to a smaller airport near, like, Michigan um, that they can put down at and basically, like, ditch that plane. Ray learns that Laszlo's is dead. In a weird move, they ask uh, Abdullah if he can look like a Middle Easterner. They're like, well, he is one. Does he have a turban? Yeah, and the way sure,
1: that he, we can get a turban. They, they ask him that while he's sleeping, so they're like, Hey bud do you have a turban he wakes up gives a thumbs up and then goes back to sleep <laughs> it's
0: so weird i don't get it so he they make abdullah the new pilot they so they can bury alby kind of in the paperwork so he's no longer on the flight plan And then Ray, of course, dials Chang. Chang is sitting there kind of reflecting on how hard David's job was. And I'm like, stop whining. Like, just do your job. But Chang's barely sleeping anymore. But he knows he has to do all of this rerouting now because of the compromise that Steve has asked him to do. Mm -hmm. So Haim... Back in Petra, starts addressing the occupants. He lets them know that their food, their drink, their clothes will never run out and they will never run dry. He talks about a sea of glass mingled with fire. So they start talking about uh, Revelation chapter 15. The verse there is, and I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire, standing beside the sea those who had been victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name. They held harps given to them by God and sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. So there's not not a precedent for the Moses stuff mm-hmm. in Revelation. I think, like I say all the time, Tim's drop, jumping to a lot of conclusions, Yeah, but it's kind of in there. Chaim lets them know that the lakes and the rivers are next on the docket to turn to blood. So
1: you're going to have to, like, if you need to drink, like, anything for, like, hydration, you're going to
0: have to get that, like, manna from heaven, bro. Maybe? It's funny that you mentioned that. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> Haim makes the proclamation, At twilight we shall eat meat, and in the morning we shall be filled with bread. And then, miraculously, a bunch of quail show up that they are able to kill and eat. And in the morning, they start finding these weird flakes on the ground um, that are kind of, you know, um, opalescent. And, like, they eat them, and they feel full. They're like a bread flake on the ground. Huh? And uh, Linda's just eating all this. Oh, of course. Yeah, Yeah. Linda went to Sunday school. She knows what this is. Yeah. It's literal manna from heaven. It's just like what happens in Exodus chapter 16. Um, It's all there, the manna, the quail, and then, of course, just like Moses did— haim raises his staff and the rocks around petra begin to spring forth with water
1: you love to see it i i guess man like (laughs) i don't know this i mean i i guess i'm just i'm grasping but like you know i guess like the whole manna from heaven thing that's like that's fantastical enough that
0: i I really like oh sure i mean and it's stuff that like we hear a lot in sunday school for those of you who may not know the bible story um After the Ten Commandments were set down, after the escape from Egypt, in the book of Exodus, there was a long period of wandering in the wilderness trying to make it to the promised land for the Jews that had left Egypt. Eventually, you're going to run out of food, and eventually you're going to run out of water. During that journey, God ordered Moses to strike a rock with his staff, the staff with which he had already done several miracles, and the rock gushed forth with water. Yeah. And in the morning there would be these magical things on the ground that would provide sustenance. Some people say bread, some people say something else. It's never really described what manna is, only that it provides nutrition and sustenance. And then it comes directly it comes from directly God. from heaven, like yeah. it falls to the ground. Um and then for their meat, for their protein, there were these flocks of quail that would land and then they would kill them and eat them. Yeah. Um, so you hear about man all the time. You never really hear about quail so much because I don't think it's as sexy. <laughs> it's not as fantasy as man. You have these crystalline like units of of sustenance that give you all the power you need and then a bird. Yeah, it's Limbus bread, yeah, yeah. you know, versus a bird. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, so it's not nearly as cool. So Ray and the crew touch down on that strip near Lake Michigan. Um, Chloe's immediately like, I f***ed up. I know it's my fault. But you can't be mad at me. (laughs) Um, But Chang's taking care of it, and then everybody finally makes it back to the safe house to have their small memorial for David and Hattie. So it's Zion, Chloe, Buck, and Ray kind of all together for the first time in a long time. And uh, it's it's a nice, tender little moment. Yeah. Okay, so as we're ending this chapter... Chang is kind of ensuring that all the computer systems in Petra are starting to come online and he listens into Nikolai's office as Nikolai starts talking about his plans for the Jews. It sucks. Um he's Going to blow up Petra as soon as Zion arrives with what he calls annihilation devices, so nukes. He does, uh, like Gavin said earlier, he says a lot of Holocaust things. Um,
1: One of the worst bits. They're fond of referring to me as Antichrist.
0: Well, I will embrace anti-Jew. Yeah, it's bad. bad. The one that I wrote down is, they call themselves God's chosen people. Well, I am their God. They have met me, and I've chosen them, all right. Uh, oh, it sucks. So, so those are two of the more like villain lines, and not directly awful things. And, and, that just, he says. and just
1: saying just the words the
0: Jews. Oh yeah, he says the Jews or the Jew. Yeah, like a bunch, like yeah, every line yeah, he's saying that like once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big things that he is saying is that when the morale monitors crack down, they are going to be specifically targeting Jews. Um, and rather than offering them the guillotine, they are going to do far worse things. So we'll just leave it at that. And into chapter 20. So George is starting to kind of feel the pressure. He, we hear about what a badass he was during torture training in the military. Um, and it's kind of funny because they talk about transcendental meditation for a minute. Because remember, George, a California boy. Yeah. So of course, the, the hippie knows transcendental meditation. But they make sure to say he didn't want anything to do with the religious aspects of transcendental meditation. Not like those yogis. <laughs> Dude, okay, oh, did you ever get that in what? church, like, the that meditation and mindfulness and, like, that kind of stuff was, like, demonic?
1: A little bit, but it wasn't too bad stigmatized. There was, like, a few, like, instances here and there, like, yeah, you don't need to be, like, resorting to, like, other religion stuff. But usually, like, meditation was kind of okay, as long as it was just, like, you know, basic, like, stuff. Like, you weren't doing anything, like, too crazy with Oh, it, see,
0: we were told, like, you don't meditate, you pray. Yeah. Um, and that meditation was inviting demons into your brain. Oh, my God. <laughs> or your soul or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, straight up. Um, there's a Christian author that I think I've mentioned on here before named Frank Peretti, who has this book called This Present Darkness. It's a fiction book, kind of like this. And it's it's a vehicle to tell you that all New Age practices or anything that is uh, considered Eastern religion or any kind of mindfulness, meditation, you know, that kind of stuff uh, is all just devil worship dressed up and they're trying to like sucker you in with it. It's just like the old Jack Chick Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Like as soon as you are in and you start meditating and the demons get you, all of a sudden the the yoga instructor pulls her mask off and she's a demon too. And that is me. (laughs) You fool. Yeah,
1: I know. (laughs) Like Carpathia undercover bosses as a it's, it's so
0: stupid. And like that is but that's really what a lot of these people believe. And again, it's a it's a culture war thing, right? Yeah, that if you're meditating, practicing yoga, if you have some crystals, if you burn incense or anything like that, any sort of spiritual practice that is considered new age or maybe not directly in line with praying Maybe taking communion, reading your Bible, and in some cases speaking in tongues is demonic. It's not just false. It's not just like not going to connect you to God. It's straight up demonic. Right. Ugh. So.
1: And by the way, transcendental meditation, kind of like it's, it's pretty good if you, if you, uh, if you, if you need something. Like I, I recommend it. Yeah. Uh, don't pay for it though. If people are uh, uh, trying to like get you to pay like hundreds of dollars to learn it. Don't. It's like you can you can Google it and there's uh, YouTube yeah. videos that'll yeah, guide YouTube. you
0: through it. It's fine. There's free podcasts that'll do how guided I, meditation. How
1: I found out how to do it. Is there was a guy in a shack that just did a YouTube video. Like, um, well, Matt, I thought before I lit up my cigarette today, I'd just uh, pop on here and uh, teach all of you how to do transcendental meditation for a few minutes. Uh, hold on, let me actually light that cigarette real quick. <laughs> That's
0: funny. So anyway, George. He's having a lot of inner monologue that I'm just going to skip over. Um, but he's putting up a fight, you know, and they, they try to get him out of the car, and he kicks one of them, and they start beating him. We find out that they don't just know about Albie and Buck and Hyam; They also know about Ming. So if they know about Ming, it might not be long before they know about Chang, which isn't great. <laughs> nah, he's, he's pretty important, that Chang fella. So then George says something that, like, kind of hit me weird. He's like, you know, I could argue with my wife all day long, but when she started giving me the silent treatment, that really pissed me off. So that's what I'm going to do to these guys, just what that old battle axe did to me. Whoa! <laughs> he doesn't say it that way, but, like, that's the sentiment. And remember, Temla Hay writes marriage books. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, you know what I'm talking about. When she just clams up and won't say anything, and you gotta stomp around, and
1: (laughs) it's just awful. That's what I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna treat the Nazis like my wife treated me, them bastards.
0: Yeah, I know, it's just, it's bad. Um, We're back to Chang again so we can hear some more Carpathia, but not before Chang starts burning info all over the servers about the compromised Trip Force members. He is trying to purge anything the GC can use. Oh my God. So Nikolai is back in his very cool office and he has a meeting with the potentates specifically to discuss the Jewish question. It's the exact words that he uses. He says that he says JQ, and it's oh man. Like, I get that he's the bad guy. Yeah. But like, Y'all knew what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Like, you knew what you were doing. You knew we were putting this in there. And I know that I keep getting mad about this. Like, obviously, he is the bad guy. He is being placed as a Hitler character. Yeah, he's Hitler. He's Hitler, not Stalin. Yeah, I am not. I don't think that these books are somehow putting anti-Semitism in that way forward. Yeah. Obviously, this is not painted as a good thing. What pisses me off about it is that they are basically taking a very real historical event and just cribbing from it. To tell their Christian story. Yeah. You know, because they can't make up their own thing. They just do it again. I think it's just disrespectful. Yeah. You know what I mean? hmm So, Ray brings everyone at the safe house from the Trib force together, but Chloe Zion. And Zion's like, guys, I don't think we have long in terms of safety. Like, the sand's running out. We're, we're going to be all burned pretty soon. Ray and Chloe get into it for a minute because he's like, look... Not only did you go out there and kind of compromise us, possibly, uh, these new people that you're bringing in, these people, uh, don't really want to join the Tribulation Force either, and they don't want to pull their own weight. Hmm. Considering the ethnic makeup of that group and that sentiment. Ew. A little little bit
1: yikes, bro. (laughs) Uh
0: Uh-huh. And so he decides to punish Chloe by not letting her go to Petra. He's like, you're going to Greece instead because we have to rescue George. Um, So it's going to be Chloe and Hannah, because you guys are going to be, you know, less noticeable being women and all. That's not a direct quote, but that's kind of what he says. Right. So Zeke does his Zeke thing, starts changing everybody's look. They say he chemically darkens Ray's skin. Not in and of itself weird until something that gets said in a minute. Um, They also say that it was very easy to turn Hannah from an American Indian into a New Delhi Indian. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that, that's not. That's not how. No. Uh, are we? Are we back in Use like? Are Hannah we on Pail? the Mayflower I, right y- g- now, bro? I, yes,
0: dude. I, he, and, and they say Native American, but uh, I, I misquoted it. They do say Native American, but the, you know what they were thinking when they wrote it. Oh God, it's so. St- <laughs> um. So Chang listens to a little bit more Carpathia as we close the chapter, but he also sends an email to his mother. Okay. Another last desperate plea. Please, God, do not take the mark. So people are getting sick all over from the Dead Sea Life. And, and Nikolai's like, we got to do something. And Leon speaks up with authority for like the first time in a while. And he's like, uh, so here's the deal. Everyone who doesn't worship the image will die. And yeah. they will have to do it three times a day. And I just got to ask myself, is this an Islam thing? Yeah, I, th- I thought so, too. Like, they're play- praying in the direction of the image three times a day. You've got your your new Nikolai Toti, whose name is Akbar. Yeah. And there's going to be another, like, imam-type reference to Leon in a little while. Yeah, like, it's right I'm in the next I'm wondering, um, you know, I don't know if this is a full Islamophobia, like, post-9-11 thing, because I think we're still—I think this was written prior by, like, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know at what pace Jerry is writing— but it just seems almost too subtle for Jerry you know i don't want to give him that much credit but I don't this is know. Like, like this is this is post-9/11 islamophobia but it's like almost there you know like
1: it's like, it, it it just gets brought up like you know there's so much like leading to it though i'm like are they, are they take cuz like you know they they do the same thing the catholics were those suddenly bashed so i feel like this is another instance of
0: like even if it's pre 911 he's he's taking his shots. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I think that that's the case. Because remember that Judaism gets pulled into the fold. Yeah, right. Um, as far as the Abrahamic religions go, Islam is way on the edge. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Same with Mormonism. Like you know, Mormonism doesn't even really get addressed at all. Yeah. I don't think um Yeah, a
1: lot of even like uh Christians I've talked to don't even consider Mormons other Christians. Oh they absolutely
0: don't. Yeah, yeah. No, they've they've got a different they've got different books and stuff. Like, no, this is it's they do the same with Jehovah's Witnesses too. Really? Um, yeah, most evangelicals are like, Yeah, they're not Christians. Okay. Oh. Huh. They read a magazine as part of their Bible. Wait, really? Yeah, Watchtower. Yeah. Didn't know that. I mean they call it a magazine. I mean it's more of like a periodical. Okay. You know, like a like a more traditional periodical than it is like a it's not like game informer. You know? Yeah, I had to listen to a whole uh, sermon in church when I was a kid about uh, how Jehovah's Witnesses weren't Christians. Oh, you know, Sometimes. we learn more about my church experiences every time we do an episode. And the more that I recount them, the more I go. Yikes. <laughs> um, so he moves on to zero tolerance for those without the mark. The only people without the mark that they're even going to be meaner to—I I just, just guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, guess, yeah. guess who's uh, the 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 person they're other or the group of people they're othering here? Man, it's Jewish people. Yeah. So
0: fuck me, this is bad. Um, let's finish this book Oh, chapter 21 all right so remember when we said that they were chemically darkening ray's skin as part of his disguise
1: yeah what do uh what 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 enlightening thing do they say about
0: this so enoch the spaniard uh yeah. goes by ray and goes you're close to finding what it turned <laughs> hold on i can't say it with a straight face you're close to finding out what it's like to be a black man <laughs> yeah it's totally it's like it's totally like that that's just blackface what are you doing I sure okay no. no 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 oh god so leon uh leon goes live um and he's described as wearing an islamic looking flat top head hugging cap oh which i'm i'm assuming he just looks like uh like like an imam in in most of his garb mm-hmm. And he calls for the expiration of time to get the mark and the worship requirement like we just talked about. So Leon says he's going to do it at the end of last chapter, and he does it at the beginning of this chapter. But that's not the cool part of this scene. In the middle of his speech, the lights go off in the church, and when they come back on, everyone starts running for their lives. And we get a please stand by. (laughs) And remember, this is going out all over the world because they have complete media control, right? and when it comes back on they cut to the church and there is a shining brilliant like human looking face that is just speaking authoritatively into the feed like they cut the camera it's still playing they try to cut away it cuts into the actual news anchor broadcast Chang goes outside. It's in the sky. So it's happening everywhere. This is actually cool. This is pretty they neat. They could have done this earlier with like the supernatural taking over of technology. It's a little creepy, but yeah. it's cool. Um, can you read... Some of the quote there, it's basically just quoting Revelation right 14. Here. Yeah.
1: Well, and uh, this is actually one of the last bits that Linda even highlights. Well, so we'll
0: say goodbye to Linda. Yep. Close to with this.
1: If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or his or her hand... He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with the fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no
0: um, rest day or night. Yeah, we've we've heard Revelation 14 actually several times. Yeah um talking about the prayers of the saints and the prayers of the martyrs and the smoke of the torment and all of that. So it's just doing what the evangelian angel from uh way earlier did. It's just reading scripture again in King James. Yes. It, am I crazy to say that the reading it in King James feels like pandering? It does. Like and
1: like cuz like that's not in my opinion that's not even the best best rendered version of the Bible.
0: Like, no, not not yeah. even close. Like the only reason that people like it is because it sounds old timey and like authoritative because like people don't talk like that anymore. It's like filming a movie now in black and white. Yeah. Like, you know, you do it to give it an air of class and an air of like sophistication. And in this case, I think an air of antiquity, but also authority. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think, I think it's super pandering. I don't like it. Right. You could have your angels speak in a much more eloquent Style, especially if it's someone like Gabriel. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this was Gabriel. Right? It might be Michael again. They don't. They don't specify. But yeah, good angel moment. Yeah, it is a good angel moment. Now, Chang's mother around this time emails him back and says, "Your father and I have decided not to get the mark. We're going into hiding." So, score one for the for the Christians, I guess, because the Wongs have completely done a one eighty. Mm-hmm. So we're back to George. Um, he is now being whipped with a bike chain and just beaten unmercifully and he's still not cracking like he's not talking not saying anything to them and they say he has surrendered to god
1: yeah like any like all like everything else like even his meditation techniques not doing anything
0: really anymore he he's he does a let go and let god if you ever heard that phrase um so ray abdullah and zion part ways with chloe hannah and mac in greece so we have two teams one's going to petra one's going into greece to get george And when they land in Petra with Abdullah and Ray, Zion just decides he's going to get caught. He's like, I'm going to walk out there. They're going to try to arrest me. I'll tell them that we'll put an end to the bloody oceans if they give me a helicopter and let me get to Petra. Back to Chang. He's monitoring Carpathia, and he overhears a call from Zion. So they they do get Carpathia on the phone. They do temporarily arrest Zion. (laughs) And... Zion actually has a good line. He's like, you want these oceans normal again, don't you? Because uh, renaming all the oceans the Red Sea would not be in your best interest at the moment. <laughs> Real bad optics, bro. <laughs> uh, it's silly. Like, we just did an exodus, and it's very funny the seas are now red. Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> Nikolai orders Petra leveled minutes after Zion arrives. So basically, Zion's going to get there. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Go, go. Nuke the f- Place.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, and then of course Nikolai wants the destruction live-streamed. This is something we didn't really hit on. Nikolai has made specific requests for the guillotine centers and for some of the other uh, morale monitor enforcement and some of the stuff that's going on with them hunting the Jews. That he wants all of the violence recorded, put on a drive. Or directly live streamed to him so he can watch it. Because he he doesn't sleep. Yeah, he doesn't have to sleep. He watches murder and torture all night while everyone else is sleeping. It's too much. Yeah. It's too cartoonish. It's not interesting anymore. A better villain, instead
1: of using this time to like that he doesn't have to sleep to, you know, just revel in all the death. He could have just been, like, you know, doing more things to further his mission. I don't know. Yeah,
0: instead of reveling in death. I mean, because, and again, that's not really Satan's character yeah like at this point he is just he's not satan he's not and you've heard me make the argument that the biblical character of satan doesn't even truly exist and there are are ways to interpret that but even if he was that is not the satan that i was taught existed like that was more the first nicolai this i don't know who this guy is this is just some weird sadist who acts like a child and revels in all of this destruction. Like this is not the father of lies. This is not yeah. the, the prince of lies or that old serpent. This is not the tempter in the garden. This is this is a bozo.
1: Yeah, Satan was or like Satan was supposed to power up Nikolai,
0: not be a debuff on him. Yeah, and like it, it isn't it just disappointing. It is. Like, and that won't be the last time we say that, but it just And yeah, we still got three more books. So, Ray and Abdullah and Zion, they get what they wanted. They start flying into Petra. Finally, they make it, and Zion has a very tender moment of scattering Hattie's ashes to the wind. Can you read the quote for me real quick? He pulled from his pocket the tiny urn and removed the lid,
1: shaking the contents into the wind. She defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by her testimony. For she did not love her life, but laid it down for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess... In this worldview, like it was a form of victory, you know, but by the blood of the lamb and by the word, of their testimony is a biblical quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually Revelation 12, 11. Uh, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Um, and that is Hattie getting kind of the post-mortem at a girl for fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. As this moment is immediately cut short by fighter bombers on the horizon. We see that Leon, Viv, Suhail, and Carpathia are watching the live stream as the nukes are approaching. And what does Nikolai say? Here we go! He literally just looks and like a child just here we go. <laughs> He's. Wario, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so bad. And so Zion sees Hold what's on, coming. I just,
1: I just imagine a, like I like got a, a short, stubbly Nikolai with a hat that's just JC upside down. <laughs> the only reason I thought as I, I saw the Luigi hat that's by our recording desk.
0: What Jesus, oh yeah, they're
1: the Waluigi hat,
0: yeah, my Waluigi hat, yeah, it's yeah. my favorite hat. It's a good hat, yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, I hate
0: these books. Zion calls everyone to fall to their knees and pray as Carpathia on the other end of the monitor is just howling. Yes! 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 <laughs> and the end. <laughs> oh, we so we the- got the epilogue. Let's go ahead and read the epilogue before we go into the rest of this. Rejoice, O oh heavens, you citizen of heaven, rejoice.
1: Be glad, but woe to you, people of the world, for the devil has come down to
0: you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. They probably think that they're clever, because the quote that Zion gave about Hattie, by the word of her testimony, that's Revelation 12:11, and then it leads directly into the end of the book and Revelation 12. 12 that follows up that verse. That's a little clever. It's a little clever. I'll give it to him, but Ugh. God, we're done. I did not like this book, buddy. You, you ready to talk about it for longer I, next this episode? This book made me like Tribulation Force more.
1: It, it, You know, it It'll be an interesting
0: discussion whether which one was better or worse, book nine or book two. You're right. I may have to make a spreadsheet about what we have rated everything going into this, but oh, that took longer than I wanted it to. Thank you guys for coming along with us on this particular book here on I Survived the Rapture. I'm Shane Bazell. And I'm Gavin Russell. And until next time... Don't
1: sit in Nikolai's throne or it'll probably get God.
0: Bye! Okay, that's our show. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Rapture Podcast. I Survived the Rapture as part of the Indiesaurus Podcast Network. For more great shows and to join the conversation, please visit Indiesaurus.com and check out the Indiesaurus Discord. We'll see you there, and thanks for listening.
1: He can tempt you and lead you astray.